Welcome to another episode of Mick and Ori's Classic Cars. I'm Mick. And I'm Ori. And in this episode, it's another first. We've got a muscle car. That's a Camaro. And we've got Stefano with us. And the beauty about Stefano is he's a youngster that has classic car. 19 years old. 19 years old. Just bought a, a 69 Camaro, an SS Camaro. We were always wondering, and we had him on previous our podcast about will the youngsters be interested in classic cars and modern classic cars. And now we've got one sitting with us that is very interested because he's made the purchase. So this car was born before you. That's it. <laughs> so that's certainly uh, certainly a first. So Stefan, will tell us about this 69 1969, yeah. yeah. So it's a uh, 1969 uh, US muscle car, the Chevrolet Camaro. Uh, it was a one-year, I guess uh, you could say, body shape that came out um, previously was the 67 and 68. They both had the same type of style. Uh, this one, to me, has just stood out. Uh, it's been a dream of mine, I guess you could say, for the past five years. And uh, reality has struck, I guess, this year, 2020 in May. was able to get one from the uh, Gold Coast off of uh, a gentleman um, that owns High Talk Performance. He uh, wanted to get rid of it, and uh, now it's all mine. And Stefano, the, it's interesting that a Camaro. Now you wouldn't have grown up in the area of of Camaros because uh-huh. you're in there now. Yeah. So how come you're interested in the muscle cars? Oh, it's um, as a lot of people guess. You could say uh, they love their movies, and it all started with me for the Fast and Furious uh, scenes that came out, and. Um, you know, Don Toretto was driving around in the 68 Charger and I thought, oh, that's the one for me. I've got to get one of those later in life. And then, um, you know, started to watch a couple more films and I came across the uh, 1969 Camaro and I thought, nah, that's it. I've got to get one of these bad boys. They just look unreal in the body shape and the styling, the sound. So, yeah. I mean, so then you're 14, 15 years old when you're looking at these movies, watching these movies that's and saying, it. I want to get these one day. And we've all got those pipe dreams. Yeah, but I how did you bring that true. pipe dream to reality, really? What steps and processes did you go? So, well, I really started looking about two, three years ago. Um, we had a gentleman up in California looking for me. Uh, his name was Dennis. Um, and he wasn't really able to source much, I guess you could say. At that point in time, I was really after just a bare shell. I really wanted to do a ground up. Um, restoration. restoration but uh, dad came into the play of it and he goes if you're going to get one we're going to get a, at least a decent start for you something that you can just uh, build off of and uh, started looking locally because the prices I guess you could say just started to inflate everyone was after one uh, I was sort, trying to source one through uh, Facebook groups that was a common way of looking at that point in time and uh, a gentleman actually left a comment on one of my posts saying that oh mate Good luck getting one. There's 600,000 of us here in the States trying to find one, a good one at least. Last year, started looking locally, like I said, and uh, put a post up on Facebook again. And uh, before you knew it, I had one. That, that's interesting what your father said about uh, forget about your nut and bolt for your first classic car. Let's look at a decent one that it's in you know good good order and start with that. Yeah, he wasn't too too keen on starting on a bare shell because he knew it would probably sit in his garage for a couple of years before I could even have some money lying around to do something with it. So uh, he said, look, I'll help you out. We'll get some more money put into it. We'll see what we can find. And uh, we found, you know, came across a good one and uh, we bought it. We took it off his hands and now it's mine. Ori, uh, what do you think about the comment he made that maybe the restoration would take two years from a bare shell? Yeah, I think that's being optimistic, yeah, to very be honest. Op- yeah. Very optimistic. Very optimistic yeah. They'll yeah. take a long, longer than that and we're going through it now with Michael's Ferrari. But something I want to know, so... 
It's just the basis that the 69 Camaro was the car we wanted. That's it. We're not sold on engine. We're not sold on colour. We're not sold on spec. I mean, because in 69, they made nearly, you know, 280,000 of those cars. They different did, yeah. specs from bases to, you know, Z28s, RSs. Yours is an SS. SS. Plus the pace cars. So it just had to be a 69. I purely just wanted the 69. The 67 and the 68 didn't stand out to me as much. And there was just something about this body, these body lines that they had reworked in that year that I just really loved, and I had to have it. So you're 19 years old, 18, let's say three years ago now, you're 16 years old. It's a classic. It was a classic when you started looking at it. It's still a classic today. The modern cars never took to your fancy then? Not really, no. I've, I've always, I guess you could say, had a bit of an old soul for the cars. Nothing really stands out to me nowadays. A lot of young kids, I guess you could say, are interested in their Ferraris and Lamborghinis, but... I don't think anything can really beat an old school V8. The sound of it, naturally aspirated, just doesn't get any better than that. But did you ever dr- drive one? I'd never even really seen one in real life, to be honest with you. Not until uh, late last year. I had sourced one here in Adelaide, uh, down south. It was a complete bare shell. And I thought, oh, this is just, you know, I'm getting a taste for it now. This is really starting to happen. The dream was cut, starting to come true. So you were sold on it as soon as you saw it. In as the soon flesh. as I saw it in in the primer, I was like, I've got to get one of these. So that's when the uh, that's when they started to really look hard for one. And the the advantage you had is um, your father actually being on your side, trying to assist in you getting one. That's it. Yeah, he he was really he's really started to get into it with me. He thought he could see that I really had the passion for it, and it wasn't going away anytime soon. So he thought. I better just help him get one or else he won't shut up for one. I think it's a great way to bond with your dad too. And I think we've all been there in the past, the first car that we all go and buy or we all research and want to do, you do with your dad. You drove your dad's old Fiat, Michael. So, you know, these are things that will bond you forever. Yeah, it's interesting that, uh, you know, with the SS Camaro that you've now got, uh, you weren't worried about, as as Ori said, you weren't worried about the the look of the colour, the the spec. No, I wasn't interested in any of that. I really just wanted the shell. I had the plan to do a full big build, like I said. I wanted to do an LSA conversion, but I thought um, now that I've got one, you know, I really appreciate the classic look that it came out from factory. You know, it only came out like that once. Why not keep it like that? So that's the route that I'm going with at the moment. Okay, and the LSA conversion or LSA, yeah. what what's that actually? So it's the LS motor out of the uh, HSVs. I don't know, it's just... You know, they've always, I've always thought to do a, a resto mod, so modern parts in the old classics just to improve the handling, performance, that type of stuff. But I think that's off the cards at the moment, just to get it back to original standard. So is your car original? Has anything been done to the car? So I've been in contact with the second owner of the vehicle from the States. You're the fifth owner, yeah? I'm, I'm the fifth owner of the vehicle, second in uh, Australia. So the second owner from uh, the United States actually told me that when she had bought it, it had a 350 Oldsmobile in it. And so I had suspicion uh, the car was actually a Z28 at first. However, because it was an early build, the uh, cow tag doesn't state what uh, model it is. It's usually stamped with an X22 or 1133 to be able to identify if it's a SS, RS. So it's got a couple hints here and there, I guess you could say. That made me believe that's the Z, but being in contact with her and her having told me it's got the th- it had a 350 in it when she bought it, and now it's just got a 350 small block Chev. We really can't pinpoint it, but uh, from what she had told me, it was badged as an SS when she had bought it. So that's what I'm the information I've got. So it's all original as far as you can tell. Uh, documentation, you got original books. I uh, don't have any of that, unfortunately. Wish I did. 
probably add a bit, little bit to the value, but main thing I got just got the keys to them. And is it is there any particular source that you can actually um, get the build specs and everything from Chevrolet? So I've been in contact actually with Chevrolet in the states, and I've provided my VIN and everything, but unfortunately they don't actually hand out information because they don't have a digital record or copy of the build sheet. A good way to find it is through a protecto plate which the cars came with back in the time. But uh, the second owner of the vehicle wasn't able to even recall if she had that uh, passed on to her. So I'm trying to get in contact with the DMV at the moment. Being outside of the USA, it's a bit difficult to obtain information on previous registration history to see what the car was um, badged as. But at the moment, just continue through that process, talk to them and hopefully find out. Okay, and so you're looking to get it, uh, you currently haven't got it registered because it's never been registered in Australia? Never been registered over the past 13 years in Australia, yeah. Okay, so you're looking to get it registered, so you're doing a couple of modifications to make sure it gets through what we call here in South Australia Regency? Yeah, so it's got a little bit of uh, structural rush, I guess you could say, in the floor, about a 20 by 10 area that needs to be cut out and replaced. Got Southern Classics and Customs down in Seaford doing that work for me and uh, hopefully we'll be on the road by the end of the year. And with this one here, you talked about a resto mod, but you're looking at leaving this one as it is. In the future, do you think that you would still do a resto mod to this or leave this quite original and do it to one that you do find a bare shell? I think uh, every gentleman gets maybe, I guess you could say, a little bit bored of their car over time. So if it's five, ten years down the track, I might pull the motor, might do that conversion, see what's going on in the community, what people are doing. LS LS motors might be out of the scene by then, but at the moment they're they're standing out, so it's always on the cards. just depends how much uh, coin I got by then, I guess you can say. Good point that you make, because I want to know, from a youngster's point of view, the processes you put in, the plan you put in place to, number one, buy the vehicle, but, you know, the information you've got about the vehicle, how to find all the history of the vehicle – did you get a pre-purchase inspection done or you didn't even do that? I didn't know. Did you buy it sight unseen? Sight unseen. So up you in know, the Gold Coast. You know, no insurance. Was that a bit nervy? I mean, for, was your dad even nervous about I mean, my dad would have been nervous, I'll tell yeah, you now. My father couldn't believe what we were about to do, spend all this money on a car that, you know, is completely old, probably full of rust, what we had seen previously. Sight unseen, big risk, especially with these classic cars nowadays, but it was... I guess you could say so cheap that you just had to get it before it was gone. So I took the risk, bought it, brought it home, and uh, we were actually extremely surprised when we had uh, the gentleman from Southern Classics come up and look at the car. He told us it's all original sheet metal. It's got all the original date stamps on the quarter panels, the boot lid. It's got rare factory two-inch cow. Only about 5,000 of them came uh, desired to Z28 and SS models. So there's a lot going on with the car at the moment in terms of that and the rarity and the uh, purity of the metal, etc. So really ex- excited. Huge relief, huge Exactly, relief. not too much so money. So now you have you spend. put a plan in place, say, okay, this is what I'm going to do now. This is the budget I'm setting myself year on year on year or month on month on month? And Not really, no. So we went out, we bought a lot of parts that needed to be done just to finish off the car, I guess you can say. Now we're just waiting for the metal to be repaired. And we'll just enjoy it for how it is at the moment. Just get some driving out of it. 
And parts easy enough to find? Very easy to find, easy to source online. Uh, there's a gentleman here in Australia that does it. He goes by Ponty World online, but I source all of mine from the States directly. Yeah, see, that's interesting. We talked about that with uh, Ferrari parts and modifications. Versus Mustang parts. You know, yeah. very, very expensive uh, compared yeah, to the American cars like the Mustang. They even talk about the Australian vehicles, even Monaros and Taranas are actually quite expensive and pretty hard to get. But the Camaros and the, the Mustangs, they do say that it's, it's quite readily available. Very readily available. Lots of reproduction parts coming out of China, Taiwan, the US. So is there a Chevrolet club here in South Australia? So there's one club by the name of Chevrolet Performance of uh, South Australia. Uh, that'd be a club I'd be looking to get into, hopefully. You haven't spoken to any of the members yet? I haven't. I don't actually have many connections with uh, people in the car community being such a young enthusiast. Well, we can help you with that because I've got a few uh, mates that are members of the Classic Car uh, Car Club, and that's any car that's a classic, and they've, there's a lot of Chevrolets in that uh, club, so I'll make an investigation into that That'd for you. Good. And also I think what happens is to be able to be registered on what we call in South Australia historic plates, you'll need to be a member of a car club. That's correct, I believe, yep. yeah. So you'll need a logbook, limited use, 90 90, 90 days, days a year, which is yeah. plenty of days, really. It, it is, but I guess being so young, I really just want to get out there and drive. So I would like to hopefully obtain uh, full permission to drive, you know, full. A permit. You, full. Basically, uh, you're on a probation because uh, because of the power to weight ratio in South Australia, you're limited what engine size you can drive. On your when, P plates. On your P plates, yeah. which is your, your probationary plates plate so, before you get your full licence. So hopefully I can... Um, get the full exemption to drive whenever you like, not go on historic. But you're not expecting to use it as a, a, a daily driver? or, or No, it would never be a daily driver, but it would definitely be a weekend cruiser no matter the weather. Just get out there and drive. So no, no matter the weather. Fu- yeah, we're not fussed about the weather. He's either. having a dig as his Ferrari owners that don't like to drive in the wet. <laughs> Who's that? Yeah. I haven't met one yet. Well, we've driven ours in the wet, which is, which is good. Hey, what's the interior condition like? Oh, the interior is immaculate, actually. There's not much um, going on. So I bought a brand new console, console gauges. It's extremely clean, thankfully. Not many repairs need to be done. Just a few rips here and there in the seats in the back. But rather than that, clean. And still in original miles? Original miles, 77,000 original miles from new, which is really good. Hasn't ticked over yet. What about the rims? I saw a photo. I think the rims aren't standard, are they? No, the rims aren't standard. They're uh, uh, correct to the error of the vehicle. 20s in the back, 18s in the front, bit of a staggered look, can't go wrong. And they sit, do they sit higher at the back or lower? The Mustangs sit sort of low at the back and the, the front. The car end. does sit pretty uh, high at the back. It's got a bit of that drag look actually at the moment. The front's a bit too high, so we're going to have that taken down with two inch drop spindles. The car starts, yeah? The car starts. Starts? Drives. It drives. So that's it. You've not taken it even around the block. We just I've, I've on your taken property. it up and down the street for <laughs> yeah. sure. Oh, I haven't have. been able to. So hold was it everything back. you thought? Of, I know you haven't taken an open road and you've got the true experience, but that first drive when you turn the key and started, it's yours now. That's you it. You own it. What was that feeling like? Uh, I really couldn't believe it. It was a, a moment that will never leave me. Just being able to actually get in your dream car, go down the street, even not down the road, unfortunately. No, no, yet. street. That's fine. But it, it was really unreal. Well, the street is a private road, so there's, you weren't doing anything private illegally. Road. No, no, never. Yeah, that's right. But that, that's that's a good question, Ori, about your first drive in it. And, uh, I mean, you, it's an automatic, I assume? It's an automatic. It's got a T400 in it. Dad was never too keen on me getting a manual, especially with a high-powered vehicle to start. 
So he thought better to get just an automatic or at least try to find one with one in it. So, that's so who we drove with. it first down the street? You or Dad? Dad actually gave me the honour of giving it the first uh, drive. Uh, there you very go. good. I couldn't very believe good. it. He's a good I, man. I said he could have the first drive, but he insisted that I took it. Ah, oh, fantastic. That's excellent. That's excellent. So you've got a bit of work to do on the car. You're going to keep it as original as possible for now. I am. Michael touched on it before. Is this the first in a collection of muscle cars or is this just the one for now? This will be the first of many, I'm sure. Once we get one, there's always another one on our on our eyes. And always American muscle then? But uh, what else tickles your fancy? The Ford XY GTs. That will be one hopefully in the garage. Well, I know where there is one, but you might have to pay a few dollars for. Oh, all right. Maybe but we it, can talk after the show. Yeah, maybe we will. Yeah, it's interesting that, um, you know, for someone so young that you've got so much passion for, you know, the Camaro or the muscle car era. Just they don't build them like they used to, as they say, and really nothing beats the sound of a naturally aspirated V8. Yeah, we agree with the naturally aspirated, that's for sure. Uh, But when you say they don't build them like they used to, I mean, a lot of people would argue that they are a lot safer now. The cars, there's more passive controls, active safety controls. So So we'll still go with they don't build them as as they used to. And you did touch on it before that you're going to keep it as original as possible. But has it got power steering? It's got power steering. The brakes, what are they like? Uh, It's got power discs in the front, drums in the rear. Oh, that's good. That's good. Uh, Air conditioning? No air conditioning, just heating. You'll put air conditioning in. Probably, for sure, especially Australian summer. Yes. The seatbelts are all there? Seatbelts are all done, so no issue Retentioned. there. So they would, they would have been done here, though? They were done by the um, company that imported that right, brought okay. the car in. Because we say those are the features that you really look at, you know, model, well, putting in, no, safety features straight off the bat. Well, one of them is the disc brakes. Did They, they wouldn't have all came with disc brakes, certainly no, so the earlier ones. Factory drum brakes all around on all four. Power disc brakes were standard with the uh, Z28 and SSRS models, or and you could opt for the disc brakes in the rear as well. These disc brakes at the front, they were put on... Are factory. Oh, these are factory? Yeah, they're factory. They're still factory Delco disc brakes. Okay. And they all work, which is great. You all know, four having, work. Having disc brakes with a, a fairly big uh, you know, V8 at the front is pretty handy. Exactly. No oh, exciting. Uh, look, I wish you all the best and I hope you enjoy it for you know, many years to come. But Thank look you. forward to seeing the process of the, uh, well, the mini restoration, let's call it, you know, the road, road worthiness. The road. Yeah. There's always when you buy a secondhand car, there is always things that you want to tidy up. Of course. So, you know, that's inevitable whether you buy a good one or not. And, you know, the thing that you talked about, uh, buying sight unseen, and we've spoken about that with our PPI, yeah. the pre-purchase inspections. But one comment that you did make, Stefano, was that it was at the right money that really if there was something not quite right, it didn't really matter and you had to take that plunge. It's not as if there's a choice of 50 of them out there. Because exactly. you set yourself a budget, obviously. Or uh, you had no budget? Dad didn't give me a budget. We thought whatever comes up, if we'll it's have good a look enough, at yeah. if it's good enough. So it was really just value for money at that point. He was yeah, happy to way, help me with whatever. It's a different whatever. way of looking at it, isn't it? Yeah, well, that, that's that's really good. The other thing that, uh, Stefan, I'm not sure whether you've gone to, is there's a lot of places, uh, you know, we have car shows, they have coffee and chrome or cars and cars and coffee. Or Super Chevy Sunday, been to a few of those oh, down right. at the beach. Okay, well, you'll be able to take yours down. Yeah, hoping to. Got to get uh, part of careful the too close to the beach because there's a lot of salt there from the uh, the windspray from yeah, the, sure the, the ocean. Hopefully no, no more issues of rust. Have you looked at insurance yet on the vehicle, being yeah, such a young The vehicle age? is insured. 
yeah, got it all insured. Is it a different sort of insurance because you're such a young person, it's a high-powered vehicle and the cost, or is it insured? So yeah. we did a bit cheeky. We put it under mum and dad Yeah, okay. being so young just to get the insurance down, especially whilst it's just going to be shit sitting in the shed. So that's uh, all been taken care of though. And the other thing as well is depending on which insurance company you go to, it's also you can have it as uh, extreme minimum use, which is like, you know, on the historic plates, or you can have just full comprehensive. Yeah, so the car's on full comprehensive at the moment. Dad didn't want to do anything less in case if something did happen. I took it up the street. We wanted to be covered for that. Yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, that's, that's very fair good. Enough. Now, one question I'm going to ask you. Would you take it on the track? I think being so young, I wouldn't at this age. I think I got... Plenty more years of experience to get on the road first before I could even think about taking my pride and joy on the track. Well, that is a good answer, Stefano. However, we're going to get you on the track yeah, within a need, year. Oh, we need right. to take it on the track because it's Maybe a safe nice environment. Slow. Yeah, nice no, no, you've got to go slow. I agree, but it's a safer environment to learn a high-powered vehicle. Yeah. Probably so, is. you know, you take it on the track. You go as fast or as slow as you, you want, as long as you're not going into an event that's actually a, a, a full-on timed, you know, event. timed yeah. event. Yeah. It can't None be of that timed. For now. None of that. And, and you just get to know the car better with, correct. you know, under the correct uh, conditions. Yeah, it's, it's a great thing to think of because just that first few times to know exactly what that – I remember when I had – my uni car, and I think your dad would remember because we go back a few years, but I had a 302 John Goss Special XA Falcon. And that was my uni car. And I'll never forget one day I did lose it on the wet road. Just that power to the back wheels when you put your foot down, the slide. Just wants to go. It just wants to go, right? And the back slid out and my heart popped out of my mouth. Here we go. So – it's good to be able to do that on a track. Yeah, to know that, exactly what that, it can that's and can't good, do. That's good advice, sorry. The the straight line, you do not accelerate while your your steering's not going straight. Of course, if you're steering straight, you can accelerate. Otherwise, forget it because you will lose lose the back yeah, end. Yeah, I left I left my mate's driveway and I thought, and you know, I just put the foot down, planted it, and this thing, these things want to go. You know, they're muscle cars. You know, V eight muscle cars. So, and um, the one that you've got has actually got a bit of a light cam in it. It's yeah, it's got a mild cam at the moment, just something to give it a bit of noise. I guess you could say get people's attention on the road, but nothing too crazy. Well, that's excellent, Stefano. It's uh, really good to have you on the show. Ori, you got anything else? That's, no, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm excited for Stefano. I love that such uh, that someone so youthful and young is into classic cars because we, uh, the, the podcast has been going for a few months now, and everyone goes, "Oh, who, who are your listener base?" And we're saying, you know what, all ages, all ages are listening to us, and now we've got someone you know under twenty who's actually an enthusiast. And is into classic cars, which is fantastic. It is. And Stefan, are your mates, are they interested in these things? Or? So I've got uh, one mate, he's a panel beater, and he's got an XW at the moment. He's doing up as a replica, as a GT, and uh, he's just fixing up a Kingswood at the moment too. Well, there you go then. Uh, the future looks bright for these uh, classic and modern classics. So Absolutely. the youngsters, we're going to say. The youth is on board. Is on board. We sure are. Anyway, thank you, Stefano, and thank you, uh, thank you Ori. Thanks, um, We will leave it there, and uh, you can reach us on the show via email, mickandori at gmail.com. And also we're on, on the web at the moment. So Instagram now. And, and the web, mickandori.com. Remember, if your car is not a classic. It will be one day. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys.